Hi guys, it's your host Matilda and your other host Imama and you're listening to the Africa Lipso podcast. everyone welcome to another episode of the africa lipso podcast today we are joined by other podcasters the road to 30 podcast i'm pretty sure you've heard about it i feel like a lot of people that listen to our podcast probably listen to you (laughs) guys so we have dolly and isaac on here hey guys yes hi guys hi everybody we're so excited to be on this episode today Isaac, how about you now? I am excited. Are you? Yeah, I'm yeah. not seeing you jumping for joy. Isaac has been angry. <laughs> <laughs> so when we joined this this recording, we said good morning, <laughs> and it triggered Isaac. Yes, I, mean, I was really very do. triggered because very it's upset. afternoon in Nigeria. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> How are you guys doing though? We're fine. I mean, I'm I'm fine. Let me not speak for Isaac. He looks fine <laughs> to me. I mean, he seems a little stressed, but I, uh, other than that, Isaac, why are you I'm stressed? Fine, though. I'm doing okay. No, I'm fine actually. I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, so recently, you know, I've become a media personality. Yes. Oh so yes, you were on a rise. His job has required him to be having interviews on TV. Oh no, it's, it wasn't just a rise. Not no, just Arise, or even on channels. Oh, oh, our boy is an influencer. Influencer. Sorry, how did you find out I was on channels, Matt? Okay, so you might not know, but I listen to you guys' podcast every week. And you guys have mentioned oh. it on the podcast. Like, I am a thank huge you. fan of Road to 30. So oh I my God, thank you so much. Know you guys more than me. Oh my God, you're making me so shy. I'm, no, it's so, <laughs> I'm so grateful. No, it's all cool. Thank you. But yeah, yeah I, not just Arise, though. He was on channels as well. Our uh, resident celebrity. Love to say it. Right, Isaac? Yes. What do you go on to talk about? you should go on, he should sneak in Road to 30. Check out Road to 30 podcast. Anytime yeah. he's on TV. He has, he's yet to do it, but I believe in him that one day will happen. <laughs> Wait, what do you go on um, the news to say? It's not actually the news. It's like the business segment. So oh. I talk a lot about like finance and stuff. So the last one I did was about uh, electric vehicles and refineries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before that one, I spoke about diamonds. and Ooh, diamonds. Yeah. Okay. Diamonds yeah, where? diamonds, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, in Africa and the future of diamonds in Africa, because you know a lot of people are dying over those things. Yeah, oh, that so, is yeah. true. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Isaac sounds okay, like um, I didn't even know that. an intellectual. Di- dinner with Jay Z. <laughs> 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 <I like it. laughs> you just you always know a lot about like finances and stuff so like funny. that. Yeah, yeah, it's a hobby now. I think. Nice. I've learned so much from Isaac with his finance thing. It's taught me quite a bit about, you know, all these money stuff and saving and financial situation in Nigeria and things like that. So I'm glad that he's good at that kind of thing. And now he's taking it to the... To the world. To the world. (laughs) (laughs) Reveling in this um, influencer thing. But we love to see it. Mm -hmm. More of that. Please go on NTA too. Say something about Buhari. <laughs> Do it for all What's of your us. your problem with NTA? NTA is for our parents. <laughs> I feel like it's probably. It's yeah, probably but I mean, is it channels then. also for our parents? Or I feel like even during NSARS, channels was a little bit more like edgy. Really? Yeah. I yeah. didn't know that any of them mm. had edge. It's okay. <laughs> 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 
NT. NT is still using the same uh, equipment from the 80s. Oh my god. To be honest, Arise TV is, who is, is what is leading. They're the ones that yeah, exactly. are really yeah, they're killing it. Mm-hmm. Trying to get the stories. Yeah. NT. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Definitely no edge over there. <laughs> Wait, what was right. Media House you internshiped at or worked at? Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, it was Punch. I worked oh, okay, at okay. Punch for like newspaper. my NYSE year. Okay. Yeah. Newspapers. Okay. While you're talking mm-hmm. about NYC, well, let's cool. just jump straight into the topic. <laughs> so we're naming the episode IJGB. I don't know if you guys are still IJGB, right. considered IJGB. Man, we don't, we don't qualify as IJGBs anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're trying we to. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how many years is considered <laughs> IJGB? Like, a- man, I feel like after to, two. To be honest though, I don't know what Dolly is talking about. <laughs> officially i will leave the ijgb space after i've been in nigeria for five years isaac you're not ijgb anymore <laughs> excuse me leave that <laughs> like for forget and i'm sure five years will come and then isaac will say actually <laughs> he still wants to have this link to the abroad i'm like let it go nigga you're here just accept it like, how long have you guys been back <laughs> I came back in 20, November 2017. So almost four years. Okay, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I came back in January 2018. Okay. Almost four as well. As well. Just a little over three years. Yeah, it's like three and a half years. Like over three and a half years already. It's closer three than four. I don't know why it matters. It does because I'm still an IJGB. You are not. Let it go. Okay, wait. What does this IJGB status do for you, Isaac? I need to understand. I really don't know. It's a mental thing. Little wins that I can take. This place is tough. So it's the little win. So being an IJGB just makes you feel better about That's, you yes. know. It's like this is not okay, my that, room. Oh, all these things are so foreign to you. Oh my god, what's this? Okay. It's <laughs> like, oh my god, what's this? <laughs> so I guess we're still going we're going to go over the story of like when you guys were sure. IJGBs. Of course. Hmm. Or Isaac, in the earlier days okay. of your IJGBness. Um, <laughs> in my earlier and days. It's making him feel good. I can see that. Yes. <laughs> and just the story of like, you know, why you guys moved back and like how you're finding it so far. Because right. like, I just feel like nowadays people aren't mm-hmm. really going back anymore or even talking about going back. But when I came here, going like, back. Mm. yeah, when I came here and I'm in Canada, by the way, um, we're all in Canada, mm-hmm. actually, all the hosts. I think I was of the mindset that at least maybe like two years after at least i'll get the pr and move back or something but yeah. now nigeria is just yeah. looking more you know <laughs> yeah i can't understand people are not talking about coming back to be honest, nigeria right. is a bit to be crazy honest, right if now. you if you got your pr and move back i'll flog you back from the airport <laughs> really <laughs> yeah. okay but i think There's maybe no. we'll get to know why in your story I, even though like i i understand what isaac is saying i'm not as you know so harsh about the whole thing as he is he's so don't come back to this country go away but i don't think it applies in every situation actually Okay, so we have opposing well, yeah, well, opinions too. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Okay, yeah. so could you walk us through what, what led you to Nigeria, first of all? What made you come back? Okay, um, I will say for me, I had finished my master's in December 2016. And you know, the whole plan originally was like, yeah, I will come back and everything. And that was like always the plan. Because the thing is, in the UK and stuff, they give you like maybe four months after you finish 
to, I guess, just round up, just to do everything you need to do. And then after that, if you don't have a job or something that is sponsoring, a job that is sponsoring your visa, like a work visa, at that time, you just have to go back. It's now that things have changed where they give you like two years. Mm-hmm. But as at that time when I was in, you know, in uni, like it wasn't the case for me. So I had had an accident in November 2016, right in the middle of doing my dissertation. <laughs> and um, because of the accident, there was a lot of things that had to be done. I had to do physiotherapy. I was also like, you know, doing legal stuff as well in regards to insurance and everything. And so because of that, I couldn't go back to Nigeria immediately. So in my mind, I felt good about that because I was like, okay, yes, perfect. Like all this time that I'm trying to figure this out, I can be looking for a job and I'm sure I'll find one and (laughs) I will go back. My sisters, I (laughs) (laughs) applied, applied, applied. Nothing was coming through. Nothing was panning out. I was in the UK, like, at this point, um, I finished in December. I had my graduation in March. I had been there, like, for almost the entire year. And wow. nothing was just working out. And so I was always of the opinion while I was in school, like, that nothing was willing to make me come back to Nigeria. Like, they would drag me back kicking and screaming <laughs> because why am I going back? But I think that, that was the year that, you know, I really started, like, my work with God and everything. And so I started having this calmness in my spirit. I felt like, you know, I, I just felt like everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. And if I've applied, I have tried. I have tried to get a job. I'm not getting a job. I can't now come and kill myself now. Maybe there's a reason why. Yeah, Maybe there's something back, back yeah. home for me. And so that was, at that point, I just started to like be accepting of the fact that, you know what, it's fine. Like, if this is how it's meant to be, it's going to be like that. And so by the time it was time to go back, I was actually not even looking forward to it. I was like, oh yeah, okay, you know what? Yeah, Nigeria will be good. Like, and to be honest, everything that I had gone through with my bad relationship in the UK, I feel like even got to a point where I felt like England was too small for me and him. Even though I wasn't even like really seeing him, but I just felt like, let me just go back and start something, a new life, something new. Let me even try and enjoy Nigeria. So yeah, that was my that was everything I led to that was my thought process nice yeah. it's funny because a lot of people that we've talked to that moved back to Nigeria for one reason or the other man was involved wait is it kind of hard to, as an international to find a job in the UK um, I would say maybe, maybe not now anymore yeah, okay. because of, you know, the time that they give you as well. And I think they are more accepting of it. But yeah, that time it wasn't very easy because some jobs will be willing to take you, but then maybe they don't sponsor work visas. And that was very important, of course. Like they have to want to sponsor your visa. Hmm. The UK was just really hard and really tough. It's not as easy as, okay, let me not say it's easy in other places but from my perspective it seems to look like it is easier for others from other you know countries like the u.s canada to be able to get something that can keep them there but with the uk it was just really difficult for no reason i didn't even really understand why but Mm -hmm. now i think things are different now so Mm -hmm. maybe those that are there now won't have such a hard time like my sister now is still there she was able to get a job Mm -hmm. afterwards my brother as well is still there he was able to figure something out so yeah yeah, I think it's the sponsorship thing. Maybe they, they kind of don't want to sponsor you at that point because in Canada, they just give mm-hmm. you an open work permit and they tell you to just get a job. So, mm-hmm. so at nice. the point you're getting the job, yeah. you don't even really have to disclose that you're an international person. Mm-hmm. Like, so it doesn't mm-hmm. really, there's no difference. Yeah, so maybe the open oh, so work nice. permit for like three like, years. So you have like three years to do all of that even. Yeah. 
That's why everybody's going oh, to school. That's so nice, man. And now I wish I schooled in. But anyway, we can't go back. Yeah. <laughs> no, no wisdom in looking back. We're not looking mm. back. We look looking forward. forward. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So, Isaac, how about you? Please share. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll be honest, right? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll be honest. Returning to Nigeria was sort of. It was a. It was sort of like a. It was not the long term plan, actually. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I actually did get a job. So, you know, normally what, what tends to happen is you have four months. So I graduated from my master's in December and then my visa was to expire on the 31st of January. So I was already in talks with British Sugar. So I had already gotten like the second stage of the interview. Not long after, I then got like an email saying that, oh, unfortunately, we're going to have to put your application on hold because we cannot justify you resuming yet until the entire recruitment process is over. And the whole recruitment process was going to end, like, in February. So, like, it was going to be after my visa was done. So mm-hmm. it was a bit of a bummer, because I was already happy. I'd already called her, you. This is sort of what's going on. <laughs> Not coming back tonight, yeah. <laughs> you know the classic, You know the classic village people thing? <laughs> so I, I had it in mind, like, I didn't want to tell anybody. Of course. But because, like, the whole application, I didn't mm. tell anybody throughout the process. But then, when I got the good news, because I got the whole standard, oh, you know, you've been moved on to the next stage, resumption, the next letter was meant to be the whole resumption and all that. Right. And then all that happened. So, I was really hurt. I was really sad. But then, I'm the kind of person who I don't really... I think all my life, I've sort of just gone with the wind, in a sense. I've been riding the wave of life. So I looked at it and I was like, okay, long term, maybe I do want to go to Canada because mm-hmm. all my siblings are there. And then I was like, okay, maybe maybe that might be where I should go. So when I was about to come back to Nigeria, my parents were like, oh, would you like to try your hands and, you know, go to Canada and start something? But bear in mind, I had just finished a master's. I was done with education. I was sick of it. So everybody was like, oh, you should probably go and do something else in Canada and all that. And I was thinking... I've been here for like, what, seven years? So you now want me to travel to Canada and start afresh and be like, you know, doing another school thing. No need. Then I came back. Now, the crazy thing is um, when I realized I was going to come back, I started to apply for NYSC because I know one of the things, I spoke with people who had returned and they said that one of the major problems with coming back is the free time. So I tried to make sure that I did NYSC as soon as I came back so that the novelty would have worn off and I wouldn't be bored. Mm. So funny story, I landed in Nigeria and the next day I was off to NYSC. So yes. <laughs> so quick. Mine was like maybe two weeks after I came back. That's still I, I very, very soon. Yeah, yeah, that's even still quick. Yeah, that's quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. But, I mean... you know. <laughs> so that happened and I think I was happy it happened because it, it sort of grounded me as yeah. soon as I came back. Yeah. Because I then served in a place most people don't even go normally. So I went to Katsina. Oh. oh, so you can imagine someone having not returned to Nigeria for yeah, so long, good. landing next day. You're going to Kano, a place I've never been to in my life. <laughs> yeah. But the good thing was, I was coming from peak winter, so Nigeria's cold was nothing at the time. <laughs> so I, I did enjoy being there and all that. Yeah. I'm meeting new people as well. Yeah, but that definitely then, helps. There was a problem though, because I realized that the way the Nigerian people think. Mm. The people who claim to be the leader of tomorrow, the way they think, is a bit mad. Because 
some conversations I was having in camp were just very mad. And I was thinking, but you guys are meant to be my peers. But yeah. What kind of conversation? Wow. Can you give us more context? <laughs> what were these bad conversations? Okay, let me give you more context. So when I when I landed in Katsina, you know, this is like peak of um northern Nigeria, right? That's mm. where the president is from. So a lot of the people who were in camp in Katsina were not like how would I put it? They were not really from the West. So what what I ended up having to do was I was pretty much with a lot of northerners for starters. Uh-huh. So I could see how not speaking Hausa was a problem. Yeah. Then I could also sort of see how poverty was in problem. And then you could also sense how women were not really allowed to do a lot of things. Really? And then even in conversations camp? And, yeah, yeah. We didn't even have women in camp. Like, we had oh. girls in my camp, but they weren't mm. allowed to do a lot of things. Um, and then also, I had a very unfortunate like camp. So, in my camp, there were about 1,500 guys and only like 300 girls. Oh, that's scary. That, that is so, so scary. It was a very mad experience. And then also, most people, I think um, foreigners don't normally go to the north. So when I got yeah. there, people already told me, like, I don't think you should stay. Like, you should probably, you know, work really? it and all that. Yeah. But I have coconut head and I did it. Yeah, what? So, yes. So I did stay and I did enjoy it. Now, for context of conversations, I was hearing people at that age talking about, you know, I, I tried to talk a lot about things like artificial intelligence and all, because that was sort of what I was doing for masters. But, bro, like, I was more like a broken, I don't even know what the right analogy is but half the time i was talking people had no idea what i was talking about then um, okay but wait wait sorry but talking about artificial intelligence like even in a normal (laughs) place (laughs) no no no. what what i mean (laughs) yeah it's not like i would sit there and be talking about like you know by the way artificial intelligence Yeah, but it was more like just a general conversation, like, okay, this is where the world is going, right, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I was coming from being in England for a long time, so I'm there talking about things like autonomous trains and things like that. Guy, even me, I don't know. A lot of people people hadn't even seen those things, right? So a lot of the things I would talk about... So you were seeing a lack of exposure. Yeah, like, people had no idea. You would talk about things like, you know, like, I had people in camp with me who had had no idea how to use laptops wow. right? and yeah. everybody's yeah. graduates 20, 20 29 year olds mm. who had no idea how to use laptops and they were graduates so you would wonder how this was happening yeah i mean i had a different experience in camp not different in the sense that like i, I did enjoy myself i had a lovely time lovelier than i actually yeah, expected you what were states were you in i was in Ogun state, oh, Ogun state oh. and i really wanted to go to Ogun state because Ogun state was like the I heard that obviously was the cleanest camp and I needed that so <laughs> I was able to figure it out a friend of mine actually helped and I was able to get into camp in open state it was good like Isaac said like you know being in that environment it made me understand there are a lot of things that maybe I didn't realize were big issues up until I went to camp so things like I never really understood that tribalism was like something that was really, really heavy. Mm. Like that, you know, even growing up in Nigeria and everything, like, eh, we go to secondary school, you're not really having those kind of conversations. And then soon after I left, so when I came back and I was hearing people be saying things like, eh, of course now, now you're a bad girl, she be now, or something oh. like that. Or, you know, so I was not like, wow, like, this is like really a thing. Like, this tribalism thing is really like a thing. And I didn't really realize it until, you know, when you're in an environment, 
environment filled with so many different cultures and so many different people from, you know, all the different tribes. Mm-hmm. So it was just interesting to just see that, wow, like, and to be honest, it shows you the reality of things because it's not just the people in camp. That is legit how things are. Like, this tribalism thing, like, you would think that it's not so much of a thing, thing like that, but when you get into certain spaces, you don't start that like almost and to be honest i feel like i don't know there's just a whole lot of i don't know it can be i don't i would say maybe stereotypes or whatever mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. and kind of it's not always the best thing but yeah also yeah. fun fun fact in katina they don't speak english like the way we do so you have to actually speak hausa so what did you do so what, yeah did you speak hausa any no i didn't so i had a lot of friends who were i would say more exposed Okay. Yeah, so I had like these three guys who spoke Hausa and English. So they were literally my translators. Because half the time people will be saying stuff and I'm looking like I have no idea what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Then I'll tap my friend like, what does he mean? Then he'll say it in English. Then I'm there oh, gesticulating wow. and showing like I'm trying to buy biscuits, like pointing at it, kind of. So like you'll be surprised how there is like a crazy difference across Nigeria. They really need to revisit NYSE, like the feasibility of it. Because how can you send someone from the south to the north when you know that, like, there's going to be a big language barrier? Like, teach everyone Hausa then or Mm. or teach the Hausa people English, one of the above, but... Just you know, personally, I don't even I don't even have any issue with sending people to the north. The only issue I have with that is just because a lot of places are not safe. Um oh, yeah. and I think that sending because I think that going to all these different camps and going to different states, to be honest, it gives you like a certain level of it opens your eyes to things that you do not usually see. Like Isaac now is telling you about how the north is. I've never been to the north before. Like yeah. so hearing it is almost like I didn't really realize that that's how it was. So I think like, it definitely like helps you to see different parts of Nigeria that you were not like you know able to see before and to understand how the culture is there but because of a lot of places are not safe I feel like something needs to be done about sending us to places where it's not safe where people are being killed like on a regular basis like that's the that's the main issue mm-hmm. that I have with NYSE like I, I just think that at this point, it's not as feasible doing that. You yeah, know, it's, I, it's I, not I doing what they intended though. it to do, I don't think, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, NYSC aside, though, a huge part of moving back that did make me sad was I had to leave the love of my life at the time. I'm so, sorry. I'm sorry. I think I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I don't need to laugh. I don't need to laugh. That was that was a very sad part. That was like the most difficult part of it all. I think it's so, cute that you yeah. still call her the love of your life. Oh. No, I said at the time. <laughs> as in the time. This is scam about men. If you don't listen to them, clearly you miss some things. <laughs> <laughs> at the time. <laughs> at the time. I didn't even at notice that time, part. Guys. But sorry, go ahead, Mama. <laughs> wait, why, why couldn't so she wait? Was she Nigerian? Like why couldn't she follow? I don't know. She wasn't Nigerian, she was she was she was Cuban. Oh, uh, okay. half English. But okay, Imam, I don't understand that question. Even if she was Nigerian, she should come no, back to Nigeria. Like, no, like maybe like her old contract in America. I say the UK was also finishing, and she could have come back as well. <laughs> or maybe they could have nah. come back together. Exactly. No, that's bad. Was, I I didn't really date Nigerians when I left though. So. Ah, you're one of them. You are one of them. No, I don't know what this one. <laughs> 
<laughs> we know your type, Isaac. We know your no, type. I think Isaac was just Isaac said that during his uni times, he wasn't really hanging around. Yeah, I wasn't with hanging with Nigerians. Nigerians like that. Was there like a reason? That, like that. Yeah. Funny enough, no, I was in charge of the uh, African Caribbean Society then. But I found that most of my close friends, like in my circle, there was only one Nigerian guy. So we just ended up more with other people. And then yeah. mentally as well, I had it in my mind like, you know what, you're probably going to end up with a Nigerian in the future. This is your time to explore. To be fair, it, that, and that's a very, that's, that's very valid yeah. because me, like when I was in school, all through, I only really had Nigerian friends all through. And you know, that can be cool, but like it would be, it would have been nice, you know, to also, you know, try and explore friendships with other mm-hmm. nationalities. But you know, you get comfortable, you know, like it was what I was just used to. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just nicer, it's easier, it's able to just get along. And to be fair, I'm glad that it happened because some of my friends, like two of my closest friends now, they are in Nigeria too with me. So it's almost just like, we're all going through it together now. So we're all, <laughs> all living here together. So that's good. But yeah, I do understand why he, he wasn't trying to. I've heard people say that sometimes too, that they're not trying to just live because you know that if you don't make that effort, you will just continue mm-hmm. having, you'll be comfortable in just having only Nigerian people around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that, that, yeah, that makes sense. sense. Um, so what, what mentality did you have going back to Nigeria? Cause I feel like a lot of people moving back are like, okay, now I'm going, I'm going to change Nigeria. I'm going to be the difference <laughs> I want to see. <laughs> I had that thought process. Not like I wanted to change Nigeria, but more so that, you know, maybe there's something that I can contribute to, you know, the country to, you know, just do my own part. There was definitely that there. But although coming, that was, it was there. It was part of the mentality. I wanted to, at the time I was like very heavy into, um, I was beginning to like screenwrite quite a bit. So I was like, yeah, maybe I'll come back to Nigeria and make all these different type of content, the kind of content we need to see, you know, that kind of thing. Because <laughs> I mean, technically that. we are doing it. Exactly. We wrote 30 podcasts. Hey. But, but like, you know, it was definitely, I thought about it, but you know, Nigeria is, is harder than, <laughs> it's it's very hard. It's very hard to Nigeria can break you down if you let it. It can break you down. Let me not even say if you let it. It can, especially when you want to do things to change country. You will come back and you will try to do things, and it's like at every turn they want to like almost break you down. So that's why some people they will come back and then that that feeling of I want to change Nigeria can just die. Can I, mm, can I just yeah. say though, for me, I had no intention of changing. <laughs> No, like, quite frankly, I saw coming back as, like, the, um, what's it called? Because of the way my mind panned out, I saw it as pretty much the worst thing that could have happened to me. Right, I could care less about where Nigeria was at the time when I left UK. In fact, the day I was flying into Nigeria, I came in a hoodie and all, and from the airport, I was already sweating, and I was vowing in my mind not to be here long, because I was like... This is not a place that needs to be changed. I do not care to change it, and the Damn. country can die. For ah, oh wow, Isaac! Oh <laughs> my god! No, no, no! Honestly, honestly, this is true. <laughs> to be honest, if you drag me at the end of you, I would also have that. Feeling. Say that again. No, I, I'm saying you're just saying the truth because if you also drag me at the end of honest, you, I would yeah, have that honest, too. Yeah, because you know how most people, like you said, want to leave an impact and all that kind of stuff. I could care less. I had left the country behind for seven years. Like I said, I didn't even talk to that many Nigerians. I could um. care less. 
But when I did go to camp, all that actually changed. Oh, really? Uh-huh. All that actually changed. Yeah, because um, when I, because like I said, as soon as I landed, I was in camp. So it was sort of good because there was an exposure to reality. Mm. It was like a reality check. Like mm-hmm. I just came from pretty much a place where you wake up, catch the bus and all that. And now you're seeing that there's an entire part of the world that is different. Very different. So and being amongst my mates, I saw that in a way, the, those of us who are educated and actually find ourselves here, we sort of owe it to ourselves in a way. I mean, we can't all change Nigeria, but in our circles, we can try and change as much as we can. Yeah. You know, do a little bit of good. Yeah. Even till now, I still have no intention of changing this country. And that's why I'm saying that most people, if you, if you want to come back, I'll fight you because there's nothing you're doing here. But for people who end up here, I would just say like, my space in life now is more like trying to just impact those who are here, even if it means helping them to live here. And then those, <laughs> those who are actually still here, like just showing them that there could be more, you know. Mm-hmm. So everywhere I've worked as well, I try to encourage the people there to, you know, to, leave. Uh, to fight for maybe more salaries, go back mm-hmm. to school to develop themselves or to mm-hmm. travel or something. Because I feel a lot of people don't know what life could be in this part of the world and I just that's the only thing I care enough about like helping mm. people to see that there's more than this Nigerian life mm. <laughs> do you think Nigeria frustrates I mean, all your like efforts though like have you seen anyone be successful in that dream that's of, of coming back and okay, making, this, making and, this, and this is the thing this is why like you know I'm not particularly on the everybody should leave Nigeria I, I understand the reason why people would want to leave. I get it. Like, it's hard. And to be honest, yes, like, a lot of times when you want to do something, sometimes you have the best intentions, the things that you want to do and change in the country. And there's just a whole lot of, I don't know, it's just hard. There are a lot of things that are hard. Like, you want to go to the, you want to go to the bank. See, people don't even really go to the bank or so people try to avoid going to the bank mm-hmm. so much because right. It's almost like you spend your entire day there. Like, mm-hmm. you understand? And it can be very frustrating. So even the little things, you don't want to do it because it can frustrate you. The other time I tried to get vaccinated. <laughs> Already I have been avoiding it for a while. Not because I didn't want to, but because I was just like, bro, if I'm to go to this hospital or whatever to try and get this thing, I'll be there for the whole day. Yeah. So it was one of the things that I was avoiding. Then the day I now said, okay, well, I'm ready. Let me go. I go there and they are telling me, hey, that's finished. <laughs> <laughs> Has finished. <laughs> yeah. They tell me that's yeah. finished. And normally, if you if I was abroad now or something, it would have been a thing where I wouldn't have had to leave my house. I would have called already to say, "Yo, Dude, is there still a vaccine? Is it yeah. good for me to come? Is it available?" Blah blah blah. blah. Or they'll yeah, schedule number. you. <laughs> you know things, that, but no, that's not the case. However, I do think that there are people who have made it in Nigeria. There are things that people have been able to put together. FinTechs are doing like amazingly well. <laughs> Even though the government you know, is actively trying yeah. to pull them well. down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doing well you know, until so, Buhari so puts a, a law in place. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Until, until, until. <laughs> but, you know, like, a lot of people, like, you know, the tech the tech industry in Niger is doing, you know, pretty decent than, you know, it was doing a while ago. You know, people, the, millionaires are being made here somehow, somehow. Um, so that is happening. So definitely, I do think that, I won't say, I'm not like everybody should leave Nigeria. But I think that if you want to you can but also on that i'm also 
also of that opinion that even if you move abroad, if you are trying to run away from problems, it doesn't always mean that your problems suddenly disappear once you leave the borders of this country. You yeah. understand? I do think that like sometimes being here, even as bad as it might look, there's some things to be done here. Isaac, like, I always give, I always reference our podcast again from time to time. If we didn't come back to Nigeria, it never would have been. And I feel like what we've been able to do, what we've been doing so far, I never could have thought that it was something that was possible. But I feel like this is one of the reasons why I came, why I came back to Nigeria for this. Yeah. Even if it was, if you, even if it was just to reach one person mm. or something, which we have, mm. you know, sometimes we get some emails from people who have felt like helped from something that we shared on the podcast. And to me, that matters to me more than anything. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest, right? I, I don't, I don't, I don't entirely subscribe to that idea. I, I know you, you know why? <laughs> some of the, best messages I've gotten from our podcast are from people like you guys that say, you know what, I have seen that I do not want to come back. And that puts it... That <laughs> Isaac, is this some of the best... Isaac, wait, maybe, wait, that's, wait. maybe that's I'm, part I'm of being, the book. I'm being very... This is some of the best messages you've gotten. Yes, because I'm being very honest, right? And, you know, I get it that there are some people that are making money in Nigeria and all that. But I'll be honest with you guys. From what we have seen in this country, I don't think the amount of... I don't think the success is enough for anybody to say they want to come back, mm. right? And I'll be fair. If you look if you look at most people, there's this guy who just launched a fly, um, an airline thingy in Nigeria. He's a, you know, what do we call ourselves again? He's a millennial. But the funny thing is that he actually worked in... um He worked in America as, a, as an investment banker for a long time made his money then came back right okay. it is hard to make it in nigeria without going through that process yeah but Isaac, what do we talk about generalizing yes I, oh. I know but i'm speaking based on the reality we, we look at i, I like how dolly said fintechs and all that but the truth is you as much as there is um there are opportunities here right I don't think, and this is honestly just my opinion, I don't think the opportunities in Nigeria are enough for anybody to say they want to come back and, you know, take advantage of it if you don't have money, right? So most people mm. that say, oh, you know what, um, there is hope and there's all that in Nigeria. Being here, I'm telling you that is only if you have money you can do this. Man, I mean, I guess, I guess, or whatever. But, like, you know, at the same time, like, at the end of the day, I can't, like, put this whole thing into, like... Again, I can't generalize it mm. because I do feel like, yes, I'm going to deny the fact that things are hard over here. I say it all the time. I can admit that. But we can't say that success is suddenly guaranteed or if you were to leave, it automatically now means that, oh, oh my God, yes, you're successful. You shared about those guys that came yeah, into the yeah, store yeah, yeah. that time when okay. you were in the UK and they told you that, bro, they spent 25 years here and they have nothing to show for it. Exactly. Which is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not rosy yeah. everywhere. <laughs> It's, it's not, not it's not it's not rosy everywhere. And I think that's what I always want people to understand because I think that especially in Nigeria, because of how hard it is, everybody's always saying, Oh yeah, like or more um gas travel, gas travel like be out of here. And I get that like to a certain degree, but some people it now makes people to move away without a plan. Yeah. So people true. move away, they don't have a plan, they go to all these countries and then maybe um they, they now realize that Omo hmm, you have to have something that is going for you. Like for instance, I always say it if you're trying to leave move to the UK or something, you can't just say you're going, you don't there's no school you're going to, there's no job that is lined up for you. You're just going. <laughs> going for what? <laughs> like, you, in fact, if they don't chase you back, eh, you will come back yourself. Oh, like, <laughs> what, 
you yeah. so you have to you have to plan it like it can't just be a thing of oh yeah i'm going you have mm. to plan properly yeah. Yeah. yeah do you think it's gotten worse though because i feel like there was a point in time maybe it was mm-hmm. even before buhari or a bit after buhari where i think there was a right. big exodus of people from abroad going back to nigeria there was a time where it was kind of in like when on tv you'd see a lot of like actors that moved Mm -hmm. back people in Mm. media were all like they all had one kind of accent or the other because it was almost like cool (laughs) to move back to nigeria but like do you think that's changed yes yes Mm. in all fairness i think it has because in the last six years the country has actually steadily been going down yeah it has been Mm. a decline before that before that a lot of people did want to come back because previous administrations were receptive yeah like um, government laws and all those kind of things were progressive but what we've seen in the past six years is that some of things have started to decline and actually there is little to no reason to come back especially considering that in the past couple of years as well um Apart from the UK that just started it last year, the rest of the West, in a sense, they've opened up opportunities to Nigerians. So the way Nigerians, the opportunities available to Nigerians outside the country have started to increase. So compared to our parents' days where people would run away and probably just take on menial jobs and hide away from immigration for years, mm-hmm. now like there are clear paths for immigrants in other countries and you know nobody travels more than Nigerians. <laughs> so for you guys I'm sure with the whole with the whole Canada thing there's like three years. The UK realized this and had to start doing a two year thing because these guys are industrious. We actually need them. They're already here anyways. Mm-hmm. So there was like a clearer path abroad, which is why I'm also still arguing in a sense that if the rest of the world is open and you can genuinely get opportunities, there's no point of, you know, trying to believe in the Nigerian trip. Even if it means going abroad temporarily, five years, six years, then you can sort of do that. And I think on a personal level, a reason why I'm not so forced anymore about living is because I've already lived outside. So I know I spent my formative years outside. A lot of the things I'm saying now is more of just mental recognition. and like, oh, this is what people are doing here. Remember, this is not what you're used to. Right, mm-hmm. so but the reason why a lot of people aren't coming back now is because the opportunities are not so much there as they are abroad. So why would you hustle? I don't think uh, it's going to change. But yes, opportunities in certain in a lot of I would say corporate um in the corporate side of things. But there have been a lot of opportunities in the entertainment side of things. Entertainment has been going up quite a bit you know especially with a lot of things like again with the rise of Afrobeats, with netflix yeah coming believe it or not it has a lot to do with it now yeah. because even i was i think i was saying the on the on our last episode that shilashi Bolle was living in the uk she came back to audition for a role but that's how she got into wedding party and now she's a king of boys and that opportunity that that has provided you know now there's the first nigerian netflix series so in the entertainment there is a whole lot of opportunities there entertainment fashion music so there is that so i guess it depends again on what industry you are looking in. for yeah. in particular but i do think that while things have declined in the last few years again because of you know just the current the administration, administration i think i do think that things will get better eventually yeah. to me answers to me while you know a lot of people might have uh, however a lot of people perceived it to me that showed me one thing that showed me that people are not sleeping like they used to be 
it mm. made me understand that like the younger people are very desperate to have a Nigeria that is different and that to me gives me a lot of hope that to me makes me understand that Nigeria is going to be better I know it I, I feel it strongly that it's going to be better yeah that is nice I don't I, I don't go. that's my <laughs> I feel like Isaac is the pessimist here and Dolly is the optimist. <laughs> I guess no, the, like, you know, what I don't it shows me. Agenda must always agenda. Yeah. What, <laughs> Wait, actually, no, but sorry, just a quick question. Isaac, why don't you believe that Nigeria can be better just even based off of NSAS? Because I feel like that gave a lot of Nigerians hope. I can see why. But yeah, they didn't really give a lot of... You, you know, I what, think the, the, the thing with me is, um, I don't know, it's borderline pessimism but pragmatism as well because... The answers it only helps to show that yes we can fight, but also we don't look at it from the other side of what actually happened. Who's so the other side? Like, um, no, like yes, which is they, not yeah. that they can. Sorry, yeah. like they actually did, and that was that. Yeah, but like I mean, that is not. I, I won't say it's surprising. It's not surprising, but you know? it's, it's the reality. And but but that. to me, what gave me hope in that situation was people still went out there knowing that these people, like people, were willing to risk their lives mm. for the betterment of the country. That to me yes. says a lot. I have never seen. Let me tell you, answers. I have never seen anything like that I, in my life. Isaac, have you ever seen anything no, like no. that in this? That 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 the protest, the answers. It wasn't organized. It wasn't like someone said, oh, okay, yeah, so, you know, there wasn't anything that, it was just a force that was moving all on its own, on its own, and it was able to get global attention. That, to me, I understand that one might look at it and be like, okay, yeah, but what did that do? But, you know, you have to, like, be able to, I guess, for me, I always just look at the light in things or try to, like, understand what these things have benefited for us. And for me, even though it exposed, it exposed to me the rot, it exposed to us. It made us really see how bad the rot may become in our system. Because once you now know how bad things have really gotten, then you can now start changing those things. So maybe before, people would not have, would have probably thought that, oh yeah, yeah, our government cannot do that. Last, last, now, and how come now? They can't kill us. We now we see that they are, they are very able and they will, will be willing and they even to do that. Want so to. now we know that. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah trigger no, happy pretty um, much. Of course, like you know why I yeah. take a different stance and I don't I don't mean to argue or you know, it's just my my stance on the whole NSAS thing is being part of the protest and understanding everything, right? I would say something that I don't think a lot of us actually took into cognizance is that these guys were willing to kill. I do not think we would have protested if we knew they were going to kill. And moving forward, I do not see anybody protesting again, knowing they will kill. And that's why I don't believe the answers actually had the impact it did. Also, you look at after, no longer after the answers, they've calmed down hard and we now have to learn how to play politics. How easy is that going to be? Not so easy. They banned Twitter, okay. If they open, if they were to open the toll gate again, there will be no protest and we'll pay. And that's why I don't think we've won that. We've not even started the battle. I remember people that. I don't think that from the onset we were aware of the fact that they would have killed us. Man, I don't know. For me, what I looked at and what I saw was a whole lot of people from different, not even just the protest itself, but the people who were willing to, you know, to put their foot forward to do a lot of things. I mean, FK and the Feminist Coalition, 
and things like that and people who were donating and bringing food and giving and stuff like that that to me showed me something and that showed to me that even though one might not because i think people expect that overnight something is going to change and that was what i i kept on saying that you can't change a rotten system in one protest it's not going to happen but it will show that like it is possible and so for me even though maybe it might not have affected one million of nigerians but at least even if there is 20 people 20 of those people who say you know what this protest it made me understand that there are things that i must do it might not be as big as one might want it to be or one might expect it to be but i think that it made people to understand power of our voices the power of our you know of our action and the things that we can do and so maybe other people might go back you know to their regular lives but i think that there are people right now in nigeria young people who are trying to change things and to me that matters that means a lot you know people are using their skills lawyers they're going in there to go and get people out of you know to go and build people the people that were giving up their time and that's that tells me a lot so i think we'll just we'll just rather for answers because they look <laughs> it's a lot yeah i think yeah. the truth is actually somewhere in between what you guys are both saying because i think right, you are right. just looking at two sides of the same coin to be very honest of the same coin yes, yes. no definitely yeah. i think how isaac and i have responded to this like it just shows that these are the d- very different mentalities and schools of thought that you know has that is that that we really think in this country this is really how it is it's the it's the reality yeah. yeah. Well, to just move a bit more to the positive, lighter <laughs> side of things, yeah. <laughs> because well, NSARS yeah. is really another ball game entirely. Yeah, um, I was wondering what that, um, cause I know you guys live at home just from listening to you guys' podcast. I'm right. very curious to right. know what that, um, what that transition was to moving at home. Because, okay, for context, maybe people don't know, Lagos is really expensive. And like, if you're going to move mm-hmm. back, the likelihood is you're probably going to live with it's your parents. parents. And I haven't oh, lived yeah. with my parents since, I was like 10 mm-hmm. to be very honest mm-hmm. yeah because oh, I went yeah, to boarding true. school, yeah, boarding school. I, I, uh, my parents yeah. lived in yeah. Portacot I went to boarding school in Lagos oh, so I didn't live there your parents lived in Portacot yeah that's you why I relate with you guys <laughs> even oh. more yeah <laughs> but yeah um, and yeah. I didn't live with them. Like immediately I finished secondary school, I moved here. Okay. So like I haven't lived with them mm-hmm. in my adulthood. So I just really wonder what that transition was like for you guys moving back home and how is it building a relationship with your parents in adulthood and living there? Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I am screaming. <laughs> Okay, so for me, I came in 2019, 2018, but I didn't start living with my parents per se until 2019 because when I landed, I the whole NYSE thing, so I left Katsina and then I worked in Ibad for like the whole year. So while I was there, my I was with my aunt, but she traveled, so I was pretty much still alone in Nigeria for in a sense, so it was kind of fun. Uh-huh. But when I did move back in with my parents, I'll be honest with you, hmm. <laughs> it was tough. It was tough because I had to go from, it was more of going from freedom mm. to now living like, you know, you had to understand that there were now rules and things like that. Mm-hmm. But my parents were sort of cool because they tried to, they tried to stay out of my way as much as they could. But I still needed money and all those kind of things. And then you can't really, you can't really separate, like, you can live with them and they can say they'll live, they're out of your way, but they're still there. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's not so easy. That's not so easy. So there were a lot of things that I had to come to terms with. One of them was that I can't just do what I want really. Mm. Then I couldn't just have people over. Mm. That was another one. Mm. Then um you know the whole dating thing as well, it changes because all of a sudden there's no free ad. As <laughs> yeah. So you have to actually you have to actually be scheduling these things. <laughs> mm. Planning no 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 like for real. And I think that's like the toughest part, especially for a guy. Is going oh. from especially for someone like me who I would say was heavy in the streets. Screaming. I am screaming. <laughs> like, I had a house built there. Yeah, so it was like, I, I, it, it was hard to mentally reconcile that, oh, you can't just have people over and they can't just spend the night. <laughs> and then you also, like, I also had to mentally deal with the fact that, yes, I want to go out and go clubbing and have fun and all mm-hmm. that. But somebody is bailing me at 10 30 in the night, like, yo, where are you? So in my head, I'm like, well, I'm 20 something. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you that, listen, you don't pay the bills around there. So listen to us when we go in. But in there, I think my, my parents in a way were cool because one, they were not always around. Mm-hmm. So I still sort of had the house to myself. And then also, like, they tried to again stay out of my way. So what my parents would do would be like, call you around like half 10. Like, okay, where are you? Um, are you coming home? And then that's it. Yeah. The rest of it, they'll just be like, okay, do you have a key or something? But my dad, <laughs> I think I mentioned it on the pod, he would just stay up until you until you go back home. Oh, like, you just find him in the living room when you go back home. And it's not like he would talk or anything, but I think it's just like... Peace of mind. Oh, yeah. that's cute. That like you're okay. You know? Yeah, so like I know, a lot of the this. time, I would get back home like past midnight or whatever and I'll just see this guy in the living room and as soon as I walk in it's all right I'm going to bed I'm yeah like, oh. but you know having that that was that was my experience I think the major thing I had to adjust to was more like going from the streets and having that level of freedom <laughs> and having especially. limits yeah, yeah like especially in like the sexual freedom kind Ooh, of things sexual so freedom going from that to now being like you know with your parents is hard and then meeting them again sort of as an adult because you yeah. know, like, can't just shout yeah like if I do something they can't just tell me oh you know go to your room or home mm-hmm. well, it's an entirely different relationship mm-hmm. and I think a lot of us don't actually look at that side of things you know because it's also not so easy for them especially considering like you said most of us left the house at 10 more or less because of boarding school so by the time by the time I came back, it was more like, ah, this is now a man. It's not mm. like just a baby. Yeah. So if I say, oh, I want this, like, they can't just say no. There has to be, like, a smooth kind of conversation. Although my mom and I did clash a lot, like, initially, we were always arguing. Because there were things she would want, and I'm like, you're traditional. I can't be doing that, right? And, yeah. Uh, that that just and you know how African women are, right? It doesn't really matter how old you are, you're still there soon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those there those sorts of things you have to fight around. But that's been my experience. And to to date they are, you know, they are cool but it's not the same as living on your own. Yeah, even before you yeah. go Dolly, I'm wondering if that difference is because you're a guy as well. Mm. I I hundred mm. percent think it is actually because uh, um yeah, it, it, it has a lot to do with the fact that I'm a guy. Mm. Because when my sister did come home, like the treatment was different. I mean, she's younger, but the treatment was still sort of different. And then, you know, just as 
Society in Nigeria is patriarchal. Very so much I'm so. Still sort of afforded certain things again because yeah. I'm a guy. Like I could afford to stay out late, mm-hmm. and I'm not even getting like the whole marriage talk and pressure as well. So there's no real pressure on me to be like bring somebody home. Although the conversation has started to come up, that's <laughs> <laughs> so it begins. But, like, <laughs> I'm telling you, like, you know, somebody saying, oh, don't you have any friends? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I think it does also have to do with the fact that I'm a guy. Okay, well, for me, um, okay, so my parents, <laughs> I don't have, like, the most amazing relationship with my parents. Like, I'm cool with them. That's just it. I'm just, like, I think I came to a point where I just accepted, okay, yeah, my parents, okay. And I'll always accord, you know, the respect to you based off of that. But we don't, like, have, like, a friendship or anything. So, moving back, it was really tough a little bit because I like being on my own. I like being by myself. I like having my own place. Like, I had my own place in school as well. So, just going from that to coming back to having to live with my parents it was something that I I wasn't really looking forward to now my dad lives in Port Harcourt so I don't live in Port Harcourt I live in Lagos my mom is here mm-hmm. and um, I think for the first year of me being back she was working in Port Harcourt at the time so she will not be around for a while then she'll come back so maybe she'll leave for Port Harcourt let's say on a Sunday and then she won't be back until Friday so that first year was easy for me because she wasn't really around number one and second because I worked in Punch and Punch was like on the mainland and because of traffic and everything I was also staying with some family friends there so sometimes it, there were times when if I knew that she was around I'll probably just stay back <laughs> in the, on the mainland <laughs> I'll just stay back on the mainland and maybe come back like later on but after that she now started especially around the pandemic I would say oh, towards yeah. the end of 2019 then 2020 she was around a lot and I was able to like you know bothered about it We've, we've had a lot of arguments, um, because they've been mostly family stuff, family related. Um, but one thing for me is I think I just started to just maintain, I always just try to maintain my space. I stay in my room. That's like my whole world there. I mostly care for myself in terms of, you know, buying some of the stuff that I'm going to eat. I mean, there's still some stuff from the house that I would get from her, but for the most part, I do take care of myself. My mom, she tries to stay out of my way in a lot of ways. At first, when I first came back, she'll be very, oh, when are you coming back? Or this is, this wanted to know more information. I'm trying more than, I don't really want to volunteer. But then eventually she just started, you know, I'll just tell her if I'm going to be somewhere. If I felt like I wanted to be with, if, if I wanted to be with someone, let's say sexually, in mm-hmm. a sense, I would just be like, oh, I'm at a friend's house. And that was just it. There wasn't really, there isn't really much more to say. Now she, as long as I just give her information that, oh yeah, if I'm not going to be around, I'll just be like, I'm not going to be around. Mm-hmm. She'll be fine with that. She doesn't really need much more than that. And she tries to, I guess in her way, she tries to like leave me alone. And I do appreciate that. <laughs> like, like, I do appreciate that. Again, like I said, it's not like our relationship is like, it's there. It's just, she's my mom. I'm her kid. That's it. We don't have like a friendship or anything like that. So we're cool. We just stay out of each other's way. And I try to be respectful. So I respect the fact that it's her home. It is her house. So there are things that I wouldn't do. Like I just wouldn't go out and not say anything. Like I won't go out. Like if I won't go out for the 
for the rest of the night and not say anything. I have to say something. I I don't just bring random people. Already me, so I don't normally bring random people into the house anyway. Mm-hmm. So my life and just how it, everything, it's fine. Like I'm not like a going out person like I used to be. So I'm very, whether she's around, whether she's not around, I'll be fine. Oh yeah. Um, along with what Dolly just said, I also have to say that when you do move in with your parents, you realize that being an introvert is not so bad. Because <laughs> 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 going out is no longer that much fun. And then mentally, part of the adulthood is having to mentally reconcile the sacrifices that both parties are making. Because in a sense, as much as we want to live with our parents, truth is I'm not so sure they want to live with us like that. Also, also there's the fact of like if you're not paying rent and you're not doing all those things. Yeah, yeah. Then you just have to also be like, ah, there is a lot that, you know, there um I'm actually benefiting. Like one major reason I tell my mom all the time, like, oh I want to move out, I want to move out but she laughs because she knows I can't (laughs) So do you have the money? Exactly. And a lot of things sort of like the peace of mind, Mm. the food for instance. Mm. The comfort, a lot of oh, yeah, and there's like, yeah, and which I like. I think sometimes because we forget, like, because you know, you know, we have Nigerian electricity, is like, yeah. you know, but in like our estate, Isaac's estate, mine, we have we live in estates that have like 24 7 light, and oh. honestly, you don't really realize how beneficial that is until you know you step out of that and you see that, like, you know, you're living, you're seeing your friends and they're mm-hmm. dealing with Jen, like, <laughs> dealing with all those things, you don't even realize that. You just know that when you wake up, there's light mm-hmm. and yeah. your clothes. Pretty you much can, your Nigerian you know. experience could be so worse. So, it is very beneficial. It, yes. Exactly. Precisely. And then also, just to what Isaac said, I think Isaac has said something about understanding that, you know, you're benefiting from also living in your house. So, based upon that as well, like, I always do try to be helpful with my mom. Like, if she does need something, I really don't complain. I just do it, you know, because it can, like, you know, let me try and at least contribute in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, so if she needs me to get something or do something or whatever, I as long as it's not like interfe- like it's not interfering with like anything major like that. Maybe I have a work thing or anything like that. I do try my best to be helpful. Um, so that it won't like let me let you just in my own way of just saying thank you for letting me stay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like you guys sound like you've come to like a certain level of equilibrium and stuff like that. But has it always been that way? Is there like an initial shock and then you come to oh. this place of understanding yes. or because I, I actually yes. can't imagine <laughs> having the amount of peace that you guys are expressing right now with it. It's, it's not peace. It is realization. <laughs> <laughs> But it's peace in it. There's, there's I mean, peace yeah, in that okay, now. There's yeah. peace in that. There's peace in it. Yeah, there's we've, peace in that. We've come to we've come to realize that this is the reality. But it wasn't actually always like this. No, so, definitely so not. One thing I know when I did move back, I used to have to like like I said, the whole staying out late it, it led to fights because I'm like I've always done this right. Yeah. I had lived on my own, like, I would go out, and if I don't come back home that day, that's that. Mm. Like, there's nobody looking out for you. But going from that to somebody saying, oh, it's 9 p.m., one time I get in home, it's a bit mad. But then it sort of work. it, it makes you work on communication. Because yeah. Because you realize that, yes, you have your own side, but they also have their own side. And especially considering that as IJGBs as well, we're not so used to <laughs> <Okay. laughs> 
Mm. Yeah, so like we're not so used to the reality of Nigeria and all those things like you know people getting robbed and like my mom would yeah. always say when I initially got back she was like this is not the UK you cannot just catch a bus at twelve midnight. So, so no, to be honest, it, I it think work yeah, like I think also like understanding that as well, mm-hmm. understanding that like yeah, like it that can they be might actually know so better. It's understandable. Yeah. yeah so that's one thing I don't still I don't I don't like accepting, but yes. Yeah, I'm to be honest me like me in particular like again my life is just very different than it used like i've always been a very like you know i like being at home and just chilling that's that has always been me even in school like i don't think i can count on one hand how many times i actually went out clubbing i'm not really like a you know so it's easier for me to be able to adapt to living you know under my parents to me if there was ever a time that i wanted to go out and have fun and i knew that i probably would be out very late i just wouldn't come home like i just would say i must stay i would look for somewhere else i would stay that night you understand so that has but again it doesn't happen very often my friends they all, like my closest friends they live all around me like they live all around me like I don't even need to go far like literally Isaac is like 10 minutes away my other friends like 5 minutes away I have one friend that is like you know maybe on in Ikoyi but he he's able to come through whenever and mm-hmm. even the person that I was well I'm involved with he doesn't live in Lagos anymore but he and also was living in my estate so it was just simple like yes, <laughs> he was living in my estate yes my management he has a, he has a place here I mean they been saying that my estate as well so that was simple I don't really require much to be honest mm. um, so because of that like my mom now for instance she's gotten a job back again in Portacourt so she's going to be going one I remember when she told me it didn't feel like in my mind I was like okay like this is something that I, have, I would have wanted like I wanted and I'm cool with that because I just like the house being quiet like mm-hmm. rookie but it doesn't really change much for me like mm-hmm. I'm, it's not like I'm really going out anyway so it's just like oh, okay okay <laughs> you're yeah, going back to PH cool like nothing changes much for me I'm a homebody buddy girl yeah do you guys think that you've benefited though like in your relationship for example with family from moving back because the thing about living abroad mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't tell you maybe some people don't experience it because they move here with their family but like international the students the loneliness yeah exactly. the loneliness <laughs> so mm. would you encourage people mm. to move back mm. for that reason for that yeah family experience yeah the family no. experience Okay, wait, wait. Actually, no, wait. Let me tell you. Wait, wait, wait. The reason why I no, no. I I guess I was was just gonna ask. I was just gonna add that, like, maybe we should ask if you guys experienced loneliness when you lived in the UK. Because if they didn't, then like for them, it's like okay. But it's like if you experience that loneliness, then would you? Is that something that you would recommend they move back for, like the family experience? Man, personally, I didn't really experience loneliness. I, not really. Again, you know, I'm very good at being by myself. So I had a few, you know, close people. I can be okay, like living, you know, by myself and, you know, all of that. But I definitely do understand that whole thing about the loneliness thing because I, I had a friend who schooled in the UK. She did her undergrad. Then, she came back. I think she came back to Nigeria for a few months. Then came back again to do her masters. And when I tell you, she was so lonely. Oh. Like 
almost every time she was crying oh, and she just hated being there and I guess trying to understand how she was feeling it made me understand that almost like to be honest that loneliness can can kill Isaac like real talk it, like, it can, can be a lot yeah. her coming back to Nigeria it meant everything to her because she was not around her family and she was around her friends things like that personally I'm glad that again I don't really have so much of a relationship with my parents and stuff like that like not really my my siblings they are in the UK so you know I do miss them yeah but my friends oh my god like being having my friends here not all my friends but at least like the a few of my closest friends it means everything like I can't imagine if they were to maybe move away or go it will be very hard It'll be very, very hard because again, I don't do much. They are the only, like, I only, I see them from time to time and it's, it makes things better. And that's one of the reasons why I like being at home and being home in Nigeria because I don't know, there's something different about being here. Yes, the toughness, but beyond all that, the feeling of just being in your own Mm. country and home, like where you were born in, where you were raised in, there is something about that that's, I don't know that I just love. I think I think for me, I I never experienced the loneliness yeah. in the UK. Partly because I had a lot, like I had a. I think was a social butterfly. I was a social butterfly, <laughs> but I had a close knit group of friends, and mm-hmm. then I traveled a lot. Mm. So I pretty much saw my family members every summer. If I wasn't okay. going to America, I was going to Canada. So I was fine in that sense. So I didn't actually feel the loneliness. Mm-hmm. In, that, in that way but I think from people who have conversed with who have actually felt it mm. I see why you could say you know you have to move back to Nigeria but my, my only the only thing I sort of see is that if if you only have a network of just your family might the loneliness will affect you eventually mm. if something happens so mm. I would advise people to get comfortable and you know make redefine the sort of friendships and all there's a love you get from family, right? But there's a, you can also get something that is as warm from friends. But it has to be from genuine. Yeah, but it could even be. It could. But even that loneliness, like I told you, like it's not like I'm close to my family, like except except my siblings. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm close to my and it's only my parents that you know I'm viewing here. So it's not like mm-hmm. really like about them. But even my friends here, that gives me warmth. Yeah. But yeah. I would say to Isaac's point, I would agree and say that. The loneliness itself, if you're able, if you're able to strive through, it shouldn't be the thing, the only thing that sends you home. Because again, like, it shouldn't be like, okay, I'm moving because I'm lonely. You understand? I, I understand that it can be a lot, but Nigeria is a lot. So like, <laughs> if it's something that maybe you just moved away and maybe you got a new job and you're now getting this new job and you're not really making friends, it can be really hard. But if you're able, just try and I guess, try and push yourself because sometimes we don't really push ourselves out there mm-hmm. we we come we sometimes just expect it to come to us True. and it's not always going to happen like True. that so except if it's loneliness plus other things yeah because yeah. i, I feel like the loneliness, well the loneliness sometimes mm. leads to mental health issues and then it does it definitely does it definitely does which is why i would just say that like you know if you are able to push through it if you're able if you're able to you know try and like form like a cool network even if it's just one friend or two or whatever start from there if you're able yeah, then but, but if you are not it's understandable if oh, you are not it's definitely not understandable also i i do think that 
people we we have to also look sort of long term at what it is you actually want to achieve because you know I while I was in the UK although I didn't really come home at all in that period mm. I had people who would come home every holiday so Christmas Easter and all that kind of stuff and there were two different approaches to the same thing so I would I I remember when trauma period every Sunday we used to have family Skype calls. So that nice. that sort of helped, and then because because I was always busy and I had friends, I had a good balance in that sense. Is, but is loneliness enough reason to come back to Nigeria? Yes, it is because you can't really dis- dis- um, define yeah. these things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But at the same time, I think you should also look long term. You know, if it's something like oh, I'm trying to get a passport, I'm trying to be out long enough, then you, you can know, make those sacrifices like coming home regularly to see people. But say you want mm-hmm. to up and move your life because of loneliness. Oh, but you know, like they said, like you know, sometimes loneliness can be blinding. So it can yeah. be like the only thing that is on your mind, you know, to the point where you can't do anything else. And it's not even just about coming back to Nigeria. Maybe because we're looking at it as coming back to Nigeria. But imagine if like you lived in America for all your life, and then you moved to the UK, and then you mm-hmm. know there is that, you know. So maybe because we're looking at it as nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. because yeah. I think it's because the is. cons outweigh the pros of moving back. So like yes. we're still looking at it as like a cause benefit yeah analysis, but like yeah. i i do i do yeah i do under, i don't understand people coming back for loan and that's fine you know if you're able to like if 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 you can't if you can't move forward without it then yeah, do do come back yeah. do come back yeah okay as we wrap this up i have the question of so i think the general idea is you guys don't want to really be home so what's making um, you stay man i personally i won't say that i don't want to be home i mm love Nigeria I believe it I, I cannot believe those words are coming out of my mouth <laughs> but, but um, I think it's coming back here and living here that made me actually realize how much I love this place mm. I just love it for whatever reason I just do There, I love the chaos even in, even in the chaos you know sometimes you just be looking you just be like Lagos like sometimes <laughs> you just sit down and you just see the craziest things happen and you're just like man but this is where I'm from like mm-hmm. this is part of it you know and um, so I love being here personally I I would it be easier for me to go to a place where things are much more easier? Uh, absolutely. I do feel like if that were to, op- if, if the opportunity, if a, if a good opportunity came through, if it, if it came up, I'll definitely consider it. And maybe I, I might even take it. But you know, a lot of times when I'm thinking about even moving, I think about what will happen with our podcast. Like that is very major for me. Mm. Secondly, like, you know, I have like, I have a friend here, a close friend here who had a baby and, you know, I get to watch him grow. And to me, that's a blessing to me. Being able to be around and being able to be here with her, being able to be here with, you know, with him, with the baby, watching him grow, being able to have management here as well. <laughs> it's really, it's really nice. And it's one of those things that, you know, it's, it, it just makes the whole place, it makes it a home for me. So if I feel like if God wanted me to leave, that's, really like the main thing for me i feel like if god felt like it was time for me to leave i would i feel like a major reason for me being here is because he wants me here every time people ask me i'm always just like i I genuinely feel like god wants me here and that makes that makes a huge difference to me because like i said before i'm really of the opinion that you can go to somewhere else you can move somewhere else and you will be very unhappy Mm. yeah the systems might be different the system might be better but you might be very unhappy and so for me, I feel like my blessing right now is here. 
<laughs> so I don't want to I'm not really and even if I were to move I've, always, I've even always said it before like I don't think I want to leave Nigeria at all but even if I were to move I wouldn't even want to live outside of Africa oh. I feel like I want to move to Ghana to Rwanda or something like that but I don't think I want to leave Africa generally like at all I feel you it's well, just home to me well <laughs> 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 on the contrary yeah, I, I, I hear I, I hear the enthusiasm but funny thing is I wouldn't because the way the way I've seen life is that as you get older right the your decisions have more compounding effects mm. and in a, in a sense I realized that when I moved back so when when I realized okay you know what I just finished LIFC this is now my reality and all that I realized that, okay, I do actually want to stay and I do want to do something, but I'm trying to just build, I wouldn't say a legacy for myself, but I want to build something between now and when I'm 35 so that then I can now live, can now the, live. I can now live the life I do want to live. Yeah. But what I'm finding is that as I'm making decisions, again, compounding effects, mm. now I'm thinking long-term in Nigeria, we have the podcast on the side that came yeah. Have, um, like I'm looking into things like agriculture mm. and all this kind well, of stuff. Well, won. So Buhari um, really won in your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so like it, it's for me, it's more like um, and my, um, the best way I can um, describe it is like I'm going on a journey and I'm packing. Yes. So right now I'm sort of packing my things, getting ready. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't leave now. I can't say like if you were to ask me this question in five years, I think the answer yeah. might be different. Yeah. But for now. My reality is that I'm trying to build something. Like, I want to look back at my life when I'm, like, 40. Yeah. And be like, you know what, this is yours. This is what yeah. you wrote. Yeah. So I've always been a process person. I believe in doing, in taking yeah. the time to do things, right? I believe yeah. that you have to create a structure and climb that structure so that if you do fall, mm. you have to fall back, yeah, yeah, and you can make oh, sorry. it to the top. So yeah. that for me is why I'm. I'm you don't want to leave. Here. Yeah. It's yeah. why I don't want to leave because I feel as much as um, if I was to go to any other place in the mm-hmm. world. Because one thing I I have realized is that I can actually go anywhere I want in the world. Mm-hmm. So I am actually in Nigeria by choice, and similar to my MBA and all that that I'm currently doing. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not because. I have a long-term goal mm-hmm. of building something, right? Yeah. And, and I believe, in a sense, that a lot of our generation, mm. we don't sort of understand what it takes to build something long-term. I feel like we have a sort of immediate uh, gratification kind of mentality in a way. It's not really our fault, but it's the way the world has become. So in that sense, I'm sort of traditional and thinking, let me put in the work now, five years. Make years, those sacrifices. And let me build it. Yeah, because another thing that I think might be a bit arrogant in a sense, but I think from what I've seen in life, returning to Nigeria at another age is difficult to adapt, right? Mm, I yeah. can I can do whatever I want to do in my 20s and early 30s and leave, and people will forget I was actually ever here. Mm. But if I were to come back at 45 and tell you I'm trying to do something, you look, you look at me like, are you serious? 
Yeah. You should just be raising your kids to doing something. So that's the mentality and the approach that I have. So because of that, I'm staying and I would probably know. I, I wouldn't be like Dolly and say, oh, I love this place. I really I don't. This place, so I really don't. Okay, but um, I understand the reality of what I want yeah. to do long term. And yeah. so being here is fine. And can I just be honest? The truth of the matter is, this is what the Nigerian dream is. The Nigerian dream is to blow. You know, so you can be able to live in Nigeria and travel out. Yeah. The yeah. part of the matter is that people love being in Nigeria. Let me just tell you the truth. The only thing is just that, like, if you have the money, if you were, if you had, if you have money, you would love to be coming back to Nigeria and going back as you please. Yeah. yeah. As you please. And people do that all the time. People that you, you will see them, they don't move out completely. They move, they come back, they move, they come back. They are always going, always coming back. And that is just the truth. If you have money, if you've gotten to a place where you are financially okay, you would love to be coming back to Nigeria mm. all the time. True. Very true. That yeah, was that's, that's, true that's what we go to. At least just I mean, that's my goal. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, right? To just be go- come coming back and enjoying because it, it can be very fun mm-hmm. it's just that like it's now when you're now trying to get through I guess the daily where you're actually trying to make your daily bread mm-hmm. that it will not be the like yeah like, that like oh I my said. god yeah that's why IJGBs can come back in the holidays and, and have fun you know they'll be like oh Lagos was a vibe <laughs> <laughs> Because you don't always have to be here, like yeah. for the for the duration of the entire year. But you know, if you have money, you'll be happy living here. You think if not, copy would have moved since now. That baby should always yeah. come back and go. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's a, an amazing, amazing wrap up because it just brings it all together. At the end of the day, it's not yes. that people don't want to be there. People don't want to be constantly there and tied to there forever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. 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 So even people like living here, if you live here for like a certain amount of time and like get a passport, like another passport, moving to Nigeria is not a bad mm-hmm. idea because you know you still have the option of going back. Right. Exactly. And if right. anything exactly. happens, you go yes, to the embassy. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Huh. Exactly. Food for thoughts. I, I think it's also <laughs> so funny because if we were having this conversation in like 2014, this would be a whole uh-huh. different conversation as well. Different conversation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Nigeria just yeah. keeps getting yeah. gradually worse. No, not gradually. Very, very like. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> there's nothing gradual. It's not. That, there's, that, there's nothing gradual about it. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing yeah gradual. But, but I have hope. Unlike some people I know. Thank you so, so much, Isaac right. and Dolly, for joining oh, us here. This thank you for having us. It's such a fun conversation. So, I know you guys have been talking about it throughout the episode, but I feel like I'd love to, I think the listeners also would love to hear like a proper description of what your podcast is like so like they can check it out if they don't already. Okay. okay. So, to answer this question, as you've probably been hearing throughout this episode, there are two views of life <laughs> but um, what, what we do on our podcast is that we're trying to I would say we are trying to document our journey through our 20s yeah. and to carry other people along yeah. and to show you know the realities of life in your 20s because there was no roadmap for us I mean mm-hmm. there still isn't any roadmap and yeah, we're all just winging it we're just winging it and a lot of people seem to forget that we all have the same problems yeah. So it's sort of a way for us to show other twenty-something-year-olds and even younger or older that you know what? Well, this, you're not alone. You're not alone, and this life can nobody actually has it figured out. So yeah. everybody is on yeah. the same journey. This road to thirty is tough. But yeah. 
there are people doing it with you. And you know, another thing that I think I've realized is that there isn't a lot of programming and content or whatever that is directed towards those in their 20s. It's a very weird thing, but you notice that even the shows you watch, maybe they'll either focus on teen drama or they jump towards like above 30. like Or maybe like late 20s, entering early 30s. And so this part of the journey is usually like very cut off. So that's why you'd be thinking that when you're younger, like, oh, 20s have to be so much fun. But yeah, I even though Isaac and I disagree on things, there are also a lot of things that we also still share yeah. as well. And I think that it just goes to show that like even though we can have the different opinions on things, mm-hmm. but we'll still always there are things that we'll still agree on, which is what it really is about. Mm-hmm. And we also try to just be honest about our experiences and we think that that's one of the things that people appreciate mm-hmm. about the podcast because we really we really be putting a lot of our tea out there. Like. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean an, another sort of secondary thing that we have come to realize on the pod is that at the end of the day, right, you can have opposing views with people, yeah. but it shouldn't affect your relationship. relationship. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, it, there is beauty in hearing the other side. Definitely. Right? It's, we get everybody thinks they're the smartest. It's fine. But mm. sometimes listen to people, you know? Sometimes listen to and people. That's just what we're trying to... It's part of the things we're trying to show. We're trying to show a lot of things. So listen to us. Yeah, we talk about everything. We talk about relationships. Yeah. We talk about sex. We talk about faith. We talk about work. We talk yeah. about, you know, just everything you feel like you can encounter mm-hmm. on the road to 30. Mm-hmm. Yes. Listen and be blessed. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and where, where can they find you guys? Oh, we're on all streaming, anywhere you find podcasts iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, Amazon Podcasts. Amazon Podcasts. Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's, it's, it, it, they do actually. It's mad. Yeah. Um, Stitcher, uh, uh, Jamit, Jamit. Pod, pod Player, everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere you listen to podcasts, we are located. We're not on Anchor, though. No. But Instagram yeah. and Twitter as well. Yes. Nice. I'm on right. Instagram and Twitter at Rotor. 30 podcast. Yes. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Yeah, guys. thank you so thank much you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Bye. You Bye. too. Good afternoon. Bye. Stop. <laughs> 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 There's no need for this.